1: All right,
2: without further ado, we got Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres on the pod because I'm currently on vacationing probably at the time of you guys listening to we, So we had to bank a couple episodes and the best person to bring on when we're doing crossovers and you just need to fill that time when you got to hit that word count for an essay. There's no man better to bring on to a pod than Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres. Sir, how are you doing today?
0: I am doing fantastic. I am living. Baseball is back. We had a little bit of an all-star break. I had a break myself. I'm also almost at the time of people listening to this on a vacation of my own. Dare oh. I say? So you know, you that's going? the thing. That's the thing. I'm going to the lovely land of of, of New York City. You know, what <laughs> <Okay. I mean? laughs> but uh, no, there uh, and and a couple other things that I'll be doing. So I'll be busy. But yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. And by now. When people are listening to us, I will be enjoying the Padres and Mets game. So that should be a whole lot of uh, fun
2: in New and, York. Yeah, just baseball's back in the New York area. That is correct. In the New York area. Wow. That's going to be a pretty fun game Padres versus Mets. Um, I know we're going to be doing power ranking tier lineups and rotations, American League and National League. But since you brought up the Padres and Mets, do you have a favorite first half storyline or anything that's really kept your interest that you've watched so far from the first half?
0: That's a new note could be non Padres, too. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, for the Padres, it's been Manny Machado and it's been the fact that he really stepped up and has been like that MVP candidate. And we've kind of been waiting for years. Is Machado going to have that like just world beating season? He's having a great season. Maybe he's not going to have the world beating season that maybe he might've had uh, when he was younger and maybe his defensive stats were a little bit better and whatnot. But Bottom line, that's been a blast to watch uh, for sure. And then Mackenzie Gore was a blast to watch for a while, and I still think that he's. I'm. I'm hopeful that he's not hitting that rookie wall. But I think I think those are the top two. And then otherwise, it's like a a plethora of like random little things. I'm enjoying the kind of just the back and forthness of the Philadelphia Phillies. I okay. like this whole nobody knows what to think of that team i i personally think that they're good i think that they're just that harper injury just murdered them and i think that um also the mariners thing i think that that's kind of the Mm -hmm. the common take for a lot of people with julio rodriguez and that whole team kind of turning it around uh they beat my team before the all-star break i know that which was not very fun um but just in terms of how can you not root for them? They're basically the the Chicago Cubs of modern day MLB, right? They haven't been in the playoffs in the longest time, so it's an impossible team to root against right now. So I very much have enjoyed that, and also, um, what's his face? Our boy Robbie Ray turning it around. I
2: mean, yeah, <laughs> boy yeah. Robbie Ray. <laughs> He's finally heating up the Mariners rotation, which might crack our rotation rankings later in the pod, maybe. But yeah, I think all those storylines you've said, I probably agree with with the most part. The Mariners, they've they've been kind of more interesting recently during this win streak. They probably weren't too interesting the first couple of months of the season, unless it was. You know, why are the Mariners not reaching their expectations? Something like that. Manny Machado, of course, he's having a great season. Um, I know you probably said he was going to be your MVP probably a couple months ago. Right now, that's probably not the case, I'm guessing. Um, because for me, one of the big storylines I've watched this season that's kind of annoying from a D back's perspective, it just the freaking, it's not even a revitalization because he's been good the last couple mm-hmm. of years, but just the re-emergence of Paul Goldschmidt. I don't know because he seemed mm-hmm. to re-enter the limelight after coming off like really good back-to-back seasons with the Cardinals this year. He's just taking it to another level and he's just entered that MVP conversation so for as a D-backs fan when I watch the Carson Kellys of them in the Luke Weavers of the world and I just suppose that with Paul Goldschmidt and what he's doing because I think also looking like at that all-star game there's like four or five former D-backs out there with the Goldschmidt's and the JD Martinez's and you're just like man what if right what if, if the D-back just kept these guys what the team could have been so um those are probably some of the storylines I just feel like like that's the thing with baseball. Like there, you kind of just have to like manufacture your own storylines. Like, there's not really any player drama. Like, we got the Juan Soto thing going on right now. But outside of that, it's like what Aaron Judge and his contract stuff. It's like Shohei Otani and Trout and the Angels always seeming to struggle. But I feel like the storylines aren't that great. The Phillies are probably an interesting storyline just because there's such like a mishmash, pash of cast and characters and just an odd fit. But they had also just so much talent, so much offensive talent that they added during this offseason, even though they didn't all fit together, you know, on paper, you're like, this lineup is going to be great and can mash its way to a, a lot of runs. You're just wondering about the defensive perspective of it. So I do like the Phillies team. I just wonder, um, like Bryce Harper's injury, like you mentioned, and how well can that defense hold up once you get to the postseason. But I do think the Phillies are a pretty interesting team. But I just think I, I just think that's a big thing in baseball that we need. Just more storylines and narratives overall, just because I don't think we have enough of those.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. And and for me, I've also Another thing that I've enjoyed is Buck Showalter uh, of the New York yeah. Mets. Um, I've obviously adored my manager Bob Melvin, but I've enjoyed the Showalter memeage. I've enjoyed the evil look that he hmm. gives when players are getting hit, and it's interesting because, and I've said this on the podcast before, that like baseball is the type of sport where, you know, first of all, the Mets have been hit more than any other team in the league by a significant amount when it comes to their batters. And they even got one hit at the all-star game with Jeff McNeil, which was just very like, of course it's, it's baseball's the type of sport where the culture would be very, it would not surprise me. I I, got to be careful with how I phrase it, but it wouldn't surprise Uh me. Here's my hot take of the day. Here we go. Here we go. It wouldn't surprise me if teams were annoyed that the Mets were annoyed about getting hit by pitches. So they started to actually hit them intentionally. I know that sounds extremely galaxy brain, scientological, you know, outkicky, uh, whatever f- ridiculous way of cueing q- uh, on type of <laughs> okay. way of thinking. But uh, baseball and on, I guess you could say. I can't think. I can't think of a, a, a good um, pun for okay. that. But yeah, that that is my take. It would not surprise me. I'm not saying that's what's going on, but. At some level, I do wonder, like, how does it keep happening to this team? Are teams annoyed that they're – we're not hitting you intentionally. Now now we're going to show you what an intentional hit looks like. Because let's be fair, baseball culture has always been weird and largely pretty dumb and trivial. So it would not surprise me if this is the latest in that kind of – bundle of nonsense
2: no it wouldn't be surprising i mean baseball these guys will hold grudges for months you'll wait for you'll wait to throw a ball at the other team's best player when you had a scuffle yeah. like three months earlier in the season like baseball players and not even players like the managers and the coaches a lot of times i hold these grudges which is really weird because they're like hey don't bad flip on a home run but go ahead and beam the other players best player in the head like that's okay with your fastball so yeah, just, right. uh, the, the yeah. culture of baseball is pretty weird um from that perspective but um i you know i think everyone's doing a lot of want soto talks and rumors and trade destinations do you have a favorite team that you would want to see i mean i'm sure the padres of course but mm-hmm. are there any other teams because i brought up the padres i thought that'd be a fun team with machado tatis and yeah soto, of course as the, your trio for the future um for
0: me my favorite team besides the padres would be not dodgers um okay. in all seriousness
2: That's what Lindsay said too yesterday
0: yeah <laughs> it, it all seriousness if the Dodgers were to trade for Juan Soto, I will actually be like zero, like maybe only 5% mad at them. And the reason why is because I'll be more mad at the rest of baseball Thank that you. continually for some reason, and this is in the case of, and I, this is in the case of trading and he still has two and a half years left. All right. Maybe there's some under the, the table stuff that if you trade for him, he's going to want to have a, but this isn't the NBA. So I've I my suspicions with that. Right. Where guys. The NBA could be yeah, like, I ain't playing. And that would actually like work. You know what I mean? That's not going to yeah. really like work in like hard in baseball. Yeah. Like Harden <laughs> and stuff like that. Ben Simmons, all these guys. Right. But my thing is I would only be like 5% upset with them. I would be looking around the league and saying, I just, cause if the Dodgers do do it, it's not like the Dodgers have the, that their top level, of their system. I know there's like Billy Martins or whatever the heck, whatever that guy's name is. Um, and Miguel Vargas, like they have prized prospects, but there are some other top level prospects throughout baseball. And as I mentioned in my episode, talking about the Juan Soto trade and whether or not the Padres should do it, these trades almost never for superstars. And you've talked about this too: net back an equal package that we always yeah. do these mock trades where it's like, here's what the Padres have to give up. Abrams, Hassel, James Wood, um, Gore, Abrams. And uh, they have to send a fruit basket and also tickets to Secret Wars when it comes out in 2028, and then also uh, a sneak peek at Avatar 2, and then also like it it that never happens, right? You know what I'm saying? So it's gonna be a trade. Like we, we thought, hey, we thought that the Scherzer trade last year would probably cost a pretty penny, and it's not that it's gonna cost anything for the Dodgers, but the fact that they also got Trey Turner from that deal, Keep it Ruiz is like fine, I guess. He was kind of like the prize part of that package. But that's, that's basically what I'm saying where it's rarely that. So for me, in theory, I actually think that the pool of teams that could trade for him is actually a lot bigger than just us looking on MLB.com and saying, Oh, well, this is the amount of top prospects. So only this team could do it. You can't tell me that the Cardinals couldn't do it. You can't tell me that the Mariners couldn't, you can't tell me that the Braves couldn't like, I just genuinely believe and I know the Braves just trade for Matt Olson, but I think my you get my point. Uh, I think that yeah. there's a lot more teams out there that could do it. You
2: no, know, that's how I feel. I feel like the Nationals are probably going to mess up this deal and probably get fleeced in a Juan Soto trade because, like you said, usually the net return you get back is never that good. I mean, look at Nolan Arenado and all those deals recently that we've seen; they haven't been that great. And I'm the Nationals. Like, do I want to give the Dodgers just another star uh, player for my system? I mean, like, they did it last year, right? Yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. Like, do you want to go back <laughs> to back seasons where you just give them your top three players off your roster, like Mike
0: Rizzo? He's a sleeper agent. I said this a year and a half ago. I called it. I was like, guys, he is a sleeper agent for the Dodgers. And look what's happening right now. If he goes to the Dodgers, I'm going to retweet my own tweet and everything. And I'm going to be like, look, I-, I told y'all, he's a sleeper agent. And sometimes that happens every now and then throughout baseball and sports. But uh, yeah, the Nationals. The most
2: reprehensible. Yeah, yeah, the Nationals are like a feeder team, basically for the Dodgers. Yeah. But it's like they won, there. right? So they have an excuse to be like, well, we won the title. We Mm -hmm. won
0: in 2019, so we're good. It's all good. You know what I mean? Like, we don't care if uh, we have these bloated albatross contracts, um, and we'll see, uh, I guess,
1: how it all transpires. New game day shirt? Boom. Cash back. Food for the tailgate?
0: Oh, I like this. Enough with the private planes. You know what I okay. mean? Enough. Enough. <laughs> enough. First of all, enough with rich gajillionaires flying, flying private planes to, like, a place that takes three minutes to get to, right? Enough of that, just in general. Shout out Kylie Jenner. But for this case, with with it's, is it petty? Yes. I thought it was funny, personally. Like, that was my reaction. I was like, this is funny. Juan Soto's making a good amount of money. He can afford to do a private thing. Or he could fly commercial. What is this, Toy Story 2 when he's flying in the luggage? Relax. And then three, Scott Boris could do it. Like I, So there's just a lot of... Don't get me wrong. The Nationals are petty as hell. Like <laughs> like they are. And it's whack, right? We talked about this with the uh, Oakland A's and, and and Blackburn, right? Like it was the same sort of thing. But the A's, it's very like that's classic A's. You're literally... Yeah. Reliving that scene in Moneyball when they says, "I got to pay four dollars for soda or whatever." um yeah. But for this, it's like enough. I've heard enough of this. And the second thing I'll say is, he stinks. But I need everyone to realize that Rob badford is excellent at his job mm. for a certain specific group of people. This is the uh, take
2: right here that we needed. Yeah. Rob Manford's excellent, excellent at his job.
0: Ooh. Oh, he's excellent at his job. He's bet. He's great. He's great. And the reason he's great is because, and don't get me wrong, I think that actually baseball does a better job of its fan base and its media culture actually critiquing owners more than, say, the NFL that mm-hmm. love to destroy Goodell every single year for a good reason, but then they ignore, like, all these other players and look what the Houston Texans have been doing, right? We've been following the Sean Watson case. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Rob Manfred has been kind of been amazing at just being the figurehead and the target um, for fans' ire everywhere. I I will say that the lockout was bad, but I also think that, guys, we missed, like, spring training games. You know what I'm saying? Like, the lockout wasn't actually this disastrous thing in terms of fan perspective. I'm not talking about the people actually affected and jobs and whatnot, but as a fan thing, guys – you miss spring training? Who cares? Like, relax. I don't know why I got into a soapbox mode. You got to save me before I say something I regret, Miller. Come on, give me give me some spice of your own because I know you're a spice
2: master. <laughs> well, do we feel like we, as fans, from the perspective, we're only okay with the lockout because it ended quickly? Would you be having the same energy toward Rob Manfred if the lockout actually went in toward the season? Let's say we missed the first three months of Major League Baseball and we had another shortened year, which I actually like. I didn't mind the sixty-game season. But if that scenario oh, happened, would was you? Awesome, Yeah, it was awesome. Like, like, we're all in favor of cutting games over here, making a shorter season. Like, that was a phenomenal Mm. time. But would you have the same energy for Manfred if you missed the first three months of this Padres season? No, because that's like
0: actually affecting the season, I think. And in a a, a way that's a little bit more substantial and saying the last time Major League Baseball had a strike, which is a point a lot of people have brought up that like they're audience dipped massively and then the steroid era had to bring it back right that if that were to happen again if you were to see a drop off especially with all the momentum they had at least in terms of talent then yes I think that would be bad overall he's not as I'd say Cadell is better at his job than Manfred in terms of the being the the targeting practice that just kind of shields from the owners because he's just had a lot of slip-ups Rob Manfred like with the recent thing about minor league wages yeah. it's but I think he, he wants a lot of he's, things. yeah He says a lot of really publicly bad things. I didn't care about the piece of metal comment from back in 2020. I thought everyone was overreacting. Um, And granted, that could just be the echo chamber I'm stuck in on Twitter. Like, yeah, it was dumb, but I'm not like mad at it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, there's some things are like, guys, you can't actually be this pissed off about it. Like, if you're a player, totally cool. But it's just like relax
2: guys you know what i mean a little bit i don't know i don't know was but, he lying yeah. it was a piece of metal was, i mean it, it was, was but it's actually it's, true
0: it's just a dumb thing to say it's dumb it's dorky and it's kind of like
2: <sighs> yeah i i typically don't have many uh <laughs> this is might be the first rob manford conversation i might have ever had on the podcast i don't really I don't, yeah i don't have too many of them just because i'm not too concerned with the mob commissioner overall like obviously like things with the actual cheating scandal people had like a big deal with but most of the times like with commissioners and stuff like it's gonna be Hit or miss, like they're just there to do whatever the owners say anyway. Like they're just yeah. like a messenger basically for these owners. They just carry their mm-hmm. water. So most of the time it's like I don't know how much anger I could really have toward the commissioner because at the end of the day, they're just a shield, like you said, for the owners and they're just doing what yeah. they say. So most of my anger and irate is more toward the owners than Rob Manfred himself or just commissioners in general. Yeah. Unless you're Roger Goodell and just handing down suspension to Saints Bounty Gate stuff winning football, you're just there to hit people anyway. So why are we getting suspended when people get knocked out games? <laughs> Oh, 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 That's the hot take. Now, there for you. Careful, now, billard I don't know about
0: that one, man. But that's a no. hot take. We're trying to
2: hurt you on every play already in football. So what's different if I put a little money on it now? Okay, stop. All it. right, stop it. I'm not trying to get canceled. I, I do not endorse that specific message. But no, I've I, heard I'm other players surprised. talk about it. I'm not. Yeah. I'm okay to double down on it. But you go, go ahead. That's a that's a side football talk. We won't even get into that.
0: I will say that just with the baseball, like it is true that. I think that he's that baseball is also in a different situation than football. Right. Uh, but it's, it's, they're largely target practice. I mean, in the major league baseball, like one of the shortest tenures a commissioner has ever had, I am blanking on his name. This is probably not, this shows you I wasn't prepared, but the shortest tenure commissioners ever had is because the guy went after George Steinbrenner. And it's like, well, yeah, if you, you guys have to understand these, they can't really go after the people that they're essentially. No, that's their for. boss. <laughs> so yeah, like it's, and that's what happened. And then he was out and then, we brought in uh, some other a questionable lad in the name of Bud Selig. But, yeah, I think that overall um, um, baseball 2022. I think it's been good as, as a whole for the most part. I think the You've Dodgers, the at least they haven't been dominant. Yeah, I've been enjoying the season. The Padres have been good, although I have some fears for them for the second half. I think that um, I think baseball, I think we also saw that the home run derby is really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I think the home run Derby, they really changed the rules in a way that were great. And I think better for the sport. Um, I know that there's still things that people complain about. I still think that the extra innings double header or whatever you call it, the shorter seven inning double header, I think was great, mm-hmm. but we got rid of that, unfortunately. Um, and what's another good storyline? Let me think. Uh, we, ha- we had that Tommy fan fiasco. Which was oh, that's
2: probably part. so far the storyline of the season so
0: far. That yeah. was that was wild. I will say that there's some weird stuff with like, you know, fam has had a tough life and whatnot. And I, I know he seems like angry all the time and what what have you, but it was a crazy story. But there is a little bit of a I, I like that sports fans treated that story the way I think people should have treated like the Will Smith thing, where it's like this is hilarious and dumb, move on. You don't have to make this a giant thing about society. Oh man, we are just letting the takes fly today, man. But well, like, no, in, in all seriousness, that's that's what it was without getting too deep down that that rabbit hole. Um, yeah. So you're just, pro slap? I'm not pro slap. I I'm pro having time. watched it. That's what okay.
2: I'm pro. So you had a good time I'm, watching
0: yeah. someone else gets I am thrilled that I saw it live. That is okay. what I'll say. Oh, you saw it live. Were you <laughs> yes. there? I did. No, I, I wasn't there, but okay. I saw it live. I was there for the part when everybody's like, hey real or fake and i was like bro like not to be the the media guy and whatnot but like broadcasting you don't go silent uh you don't have the mic cut off for that long on live tv you just don't do that you do it for a second when someone curses you don't do it for that long and that's because he was cursing and yelling at chris rock so they had to bleep out for like eight seconds but uh yeah i thought it was real for the beginning and it was wild and i am glad i saw it live and
2: we needed it i mean it was like you said it was one of the biggest story like we finally had a national baseball conversation again. Like it was probably the first time since the Astros scandal, where like every sports show around the country was actually talking about baseball. Which is sad mm-hmm. because the only other time baseball might get mentioned on like a national TV is if Shohei Otani has four grand slams and pitches a no hitter <laughs> in the same yeah, game. Like, right. That's like the only. That's like the only situation where baseball is getting talked about. Otherwise, it's did the Astros cheat again, or did Tommy Pham get slapped, or did he do the slapping, vice versa? So, mm-hmm. um. It, Baseball needs some more storylines for sure. I think an interesting thing for this baseball season maybe is the American League. When I look at that conference, I think the Astros and Yankees are like the only two teams on pace for 90 wins. Like, the American League conference hasn't been like that dominant this year. Like I look at the National League and I look at the teams. I like those teams a lot better. But you look at the All Star game; it's like the American League wins the All Star game every season. So I don't know what it is if it's like a talent distribution thing in the American League or is they're just more top heavy in the American League. It's pretty interesting um, to see the two contrast between the two leagues because I feel like the National League is so much deeper in terms of teams. But I kind of like the position players a lot more in the American League. Because when I looked yeah. at those two lineups, like you get two contrarises starting the National League. You got like freaking mm-hmm. Mike Trout coming off the bench for the American League. I know that's yeah. not really what happened, but I just feel like there's so much deeper in the American League in terms of talent, but the teams
1: are actually worse, which is like a weird contrast. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found...
0: Yeah, I think that – and I think you're on point. I think that it is a little bit top-heavy with the Yankees and the Astros. And there's been, like, some disappointing teams. I think Toronto's up there. For me, the White Sox aren't disappointing because I really genuinely kind of saw it coming. Um, And I think that the White Sox are a good reminder. I think they're a good indicator, even for for Padres listeners who have maybe disagreed with me on my takes about Soto and whatnot, that, like, things can flip so quickly. The White Sox were probably, I'm going to say – with the exception of the Dodgers, maybe the Astros, maybe not the Astros because they just had their whole cheating scandal, like heading into like the 2019, 2020 seasons, like the best outlook for a team in major league baseball. I think it was them because you have Tim Anderson who starts forming into a star and he's even better this year. He finally seems to be a super duper star. Uh, he's been great. And then you have, you know, Yohan Moncada you have Eloy Jimenez, you have Luis Robert making his debut. You have Giolito, you have, Uh, Dylan Cease you have that trade for Lance Lynn you have you have so much going right and even one last kind of okay year from Keiko if I'm not mistaken uh, in 2019 Um, like I think that era of of White Sox it just shows you they're a reminder of how quickly things can flip Um, they've had a lot of injuries I understand but there's just a multitude of things that are going wrong they don't seem to have the same prospect capital and farm system that they once had partially because they've they've been promoted to the majors but mm-hmm. and their their salary it's not like they have it's not like they're the milwaukee brewers right where they're not spending any money like they they do have a decent payroll so it just shows you it is a reminder that things can flip really really fast and hate to be this guy but uh-huh. it is not just money that makes the dodgers so successful it's it's a huge part of it let's make no mistake it's like 50 yeah. percent or 60 percent. right it helps but, You know they brought up Bellinger. I know he stinks right now, but they they got Kershaw, they got Urias, they got Bueller, they got Tony Gonsolin, who was great this year. I love seeing him give up that home run, by the way. The fraud that he is, (laughs) Will Smith, right? Um, and and all these guys, and and um, Max Muncy. I know he's been a little bit bad this year, but you know they and Justin Turner, and they they have a lot of good stuff. Uh, on that team, they had Kenley Jansen for years. They. It's, it's a good farm system that's able to replenish and not be super top-heavy. I would say that I don't remember the last time the Dodgers had a like top 10 in all of baseball prospect, but they've always got like a deep system behind it um, so, so that they can refill and whatnot. So they clearly know what they're doing. And I think the White Sox, just to circle back to it, good point of these things can change, man. Even my team, the Padres, after mm-hmm. 2020, they are the story of baseball. And I'm not saying that just as the Padres host, They are the story of of major league baseball with Fernando Tatis with Machado, with the slam Diego and the grant literally breaking a record with the grand slam streak. You have the Nelson lament. And then you make all these trades. It shows you how quickly things can change. It's just hard to see it now. Right. Cause all you see is Juan Soto guys, a beast. And I, I get it. It's different. I get that. He's genuinely different than some of these other guys that have been on the market, but I'm just saying, guys sport of baseball is freaking cruel and it is never kind to people who rush into things. At least, usually, except for maybe your two thousands D backs, apparently, who who went all in and then won and then said see ya. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It it did work for them, but like for the most part, man, it's you got to be careful with this stuff. You really do.
2: Yeah, and whoever, uh, if you're trading for Juan Soto, you should be a Juan Soto piece away from being close to a championship contender, a World Series contender, because Juan Soto is not going to make a difference in terms of you winning between 70 games and winning 90 plus games like he's not going to be a 21 player for you i mean we've seen that with the angels who are probably my biggest disappointment of the season just because of the Uh, way they started the year uh, they were at one point in that wild card race we know about the talent on their team i mean mike trout uh, started the season i know i left the hate on mike trout but i'll I'll give him his flowers the boy's a beast and he was on fire once again to start this year looked like he was on his way to another mvp campaign otani started a little slow from a position player standpoint but from a pitching perspective like he's right there in the Cy Young award race um this year and even Taylor Ward has had a great season but even with all that really good talent in the lineup and some of their rotation members haven't even been awful this year the Angels once again just can't get out of their own way and it looks like as we approach the trade deadline you're like, probably buying into them man I, really I, I can't did. blame you and I and
0: I don't and I never do I think no, none of us do usually, but this yeah. year I said, oh, Taylor Ward. I kind of like Brandon Marsh, and I like Jared Walsh, I think is legit good. Mm-hmm. They've they've regressed um, dramatically, <laughs> and then I said, well, you have Otani, and then I kind of like the Syndergaard signing, and you have some other stuff, right? And I said, oh, when they invested a lot in their bullpen. I was like, I'm not saying they're a best team in the league, but I was like, I think this finally could be the year, but maybe that was just me hoping. And whatnot, and actually, uh, just uh, Dan Zabraski, senior writer over at FanGraphs, was like, "I have to admit that I want to see the Angels acquire Juan Soto because I'm legitimately curious if they can get 20 wins above replacement from Trout, Soto, <laughs> Otani in 2023 it still somehow go 79 and 83, <laughs> which is like the genuinely sad. It is take Dan Marino's career, but it's an organization. Uh, that's basically the Los Angeles Angels, and it is genuinely sad." And if I'm them, you really need to start thinking about that. Oh, you don't even know that. though. Do you? Ever start thinking about, I was started thinking about the trap trade, which people have been talking about for years now. But do you look at this and say, "Oh, Tani's going to be a free agent after this year. Someone's going to drive a, a dump truck, garbage <laughs> truck, a, a, a Ferris wheel of cash I'm to a Billy,
2: three quarters of yeah. a Billy."
0: Yeah, I mean. I just think that I pitch and hit. You, you at least have to actually really consider it more. Or I understand if, if people's perspective is you just can't do that because you're not going to get the value and you're going to lose two Hall of Famers. So you might as well just try. No one's going to hate you for trying when you had these two guys, right? They'll be like, all right, we accept that we have to rebuild for another 20 years, but uh, you have to at least just try as long as you can with these two. But
1: man, I mean... they,
0: they were like the only team that they spend so much money but they keep missing. They missed on pool holes, They missed on Upton. Rendon is looking like I a know. miss. Razio Glacius is looking like a miss. I mean, the only contract that's kind of worked out for them is is my oh, Trout. <laughs> well, Artani, too. But, like, yeah. my Trout. Like, that's the only one that, like, they gave the big deal. And it's just – it's killing them. Josh Hamilton. It's just oh, – I feel I so, I feel about the so bad. One. I know, man.
2: I feel bad. I feel C. bad. TJ Wilson. Did you Uh, mention him already? uh, That was all the same summer. uh, That was a huge summer for the Angels. uh, That was when baseball offseason was at its peak before the lockout frenzy. That was like peak baseball. That's when the baseball offseason was just as much fun as like NBA or the NFL. Because literally when you got to those winter meetings, that's when that free agency started. I I remember that too. You just don't get that anymore in baseball. Yeah, like now, winter yeah, meetings, they just come and go, and you're like, all right, I guess one reliever, Liam Hendricks, signed with somebody. I guess that was fun. Like, you just don't see that <laughs> stuff anymore. And it was like, whoa, this guy and that guy there was so much movement before, um, which is dumb. But that's a big reason why I didn't have the Angels on my list of teams I want Soto to see Juan Soto get traded to because I've already seen Mike Trout and Otani yeah. there for a long time. It's like, I don't <laughs> want to see Soto waste his career there, too. And just on your point, like maybe the Angels should think about moving Mike Trout just because you've had him so long and it's like you've been rebuilding with him for like a decade plus and it hasn't gone anywhere. But really, the move that needs to happen is Mike Trout pulls up his pants. He said it's time to start winning. I'm tired of losing. Go into your GM's front office and say, listen, I'm going to have to pull out my NBA trade card here and I'm going to have to request a trade. I'm going to have to do the Kevin Durant and say, Move me literally anywhere. I don't care if it's the Dodgers. I don't care if it's the Twins. I don't care if it's Kansas City Royals because at this point in my career, any franchise is probably going to give me as good, if not better than chance at winning than I've already had in my whole career with the Angels. So if I'm Mike Trout... I think it's time to ask for a trade, and I know baseball players don't usually do that. I mean, we saw Juan Soto. Hopefully, Juan Soto setting a precedent of turning down long-term deals because I've said a lot. I don't want to see 15-year deals. That's not fun. Like I I don't want to see a guy signed for 10-plus years. I want to be three- to five-year deals like basketball or football, and then he hit free agency again, and then we could talk about all those rumors and stuff and offseason stuff. So hopefully, Mike Trout actually requests a trade. What do you think about that? Should Trout say, get me out of Anaheim because this place sucks and I've been losing my whole career? I
0: don't know if he has the personality to do that. I don't no. think that that's in his nature. But if, if he did, it would be wild, right? Like it would be wild, and it'd be chaotic for a sport. I mean, that would put another enormous player on the on the market, and I, the angel at least they at least have to be thinking about it. They have to be thinking about it's not like he's going to get better. I know he's literally a Hall of Famer already, but you think. Could get a really great return for this guy, like you really could. Oh. Uh, the Soto thing is about, obviously yeah. enormous too, but you could get a great return. Uh, so you have to at least think about it. Maybe you say we we make this giant trade of him and then we kind of maneuver things and build around Otani, maybe, but like I'm just saying because the Otani thing also has the blockbuster factor of like, do you just want to lose that presence of like the best? like athlete the sport has seen in so long right like do you just want to have him on the team for the sheer fact of just being able to be relevant right and have people want to come to games just because of him remains to be seen
2: how much you paying otani hits the open market what's the number you're comfortable with six million six hundred million i'm saying
0: 500 i think he cracks 500 for sure but i don't know because no one's
2: basically gotten more money than Trout when Man. he signed like that $400 million deal. That's basically been the industry standard. No one is making more than Trout. And I think Otani probably should just because he does, obviously, both sides of the ball. I think we're going to see, depending on the
0: team, too, because I don't know. like, Because there's, there's a universe where we don't necessarily see Otani doing both if he signed with a better team. Um, mm-hmm. Pablo Torre made this point of ESPN a while ago with that like ascending intelligence meme where it was like, oh, yeah, but he's wasted on the Angels, and then it progresses, and then it's like, well, actually the Angels are so bad that it's the only team feasible. because Not not that they're just bad, but they also aren't in rebuild, so it's literally they need him to do both. So mm-hmm. like, it's the only team that would have been like that. If he was on the Royals right now, he'd be only hitting or maybe only pitching. They'd want to save him and whatnot, right? But uh, that that was a, a good point I would <sighs> we need both I mean, though want to. it's
2: gonna be huge though it's gonna be need... an enormous that contract yeah. we need him to do both though wherever he signs if he does oh, yeah, a- please it, it, it can't stop we, he gotta he will
0: um yeah I imagine he will especially because it's been proven now I just think mm-hmm. at the beginning especially yeah. like hey remember like uh he's, he's he struggled in 2020 and mm-hmm. 2019 like he was good but I could see a world where if he was on the dodgers right now they're like actually you're going to pitch for two months and then maybe every now and then we'll use you at DH like every now and then, because some guy got hurt or what He might not
2: not crack the lineup or the rotation for the Dodgers. Yeah. yeah,
0: Like that. Like I, I could see that universe playing out because they're actually like competent organizations.